Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Do I worry that what I said on this podcast will cost me a job at Saturday Night Live? Well, no, Gavin, I don't. Because first of all, I'm not a racist douche, bro. And second, there's not a world that exists which we get to write for Saturday Night Live. Ass. The following podcast contains... You cannot say filth, flying filth, flying filth in front of people. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When a couple of people died from some off-brand vape juice and 30,000 people died from guns and you banned vaping, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, September 13th, 2019. You know I'm all about that vape edition of the show where we talk about the latest moral panic sweeping the nation. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Fast Eddie's Vape Shops. Are you the kind of guy who likes to stand around looking like he's deep-throating Darth Vader's lightsaber? Does it seem cool to exhale Chloe and cotton candy-smelling clouds of mist? Are you the kind of dude that looked at your breakfast cereal and asked, I wonder what it would be like if I could inhale my Apple Jacks? Then Fast Eddie's Vape Shops have got you covered. From enormous phallic fate devices to the latest flavors that taste like foods and beverages to the giant not-a-bongs but smoking devices, we've got them all. Come in now for Fast Eddie's newest flavor, NYC Subway. Coming in Times Square, Union Square, and our newest flavor, Coney Island Stillwell Avenue. You can smell the heady hints of piss, hot dogs, and seaweed. Fast Eddie's Vape Shops, when you think smoking is lame but still want to annoy everyone around you, buy your vape juice here. Now, I'm no radical, but enough is enough. I'm a smoker. I like smoking. And I'm getting just a tad tired of people who want to make my choice their choice. It's almost like smoking's become a pain these days instead of a pleasure. But you know, there is a way we smokers can free ourselves to enjoy the things we like about smoking. It's this. Eclipse by Vantage. In regular and menthol. First thing you'll notice about Eclipse, you get a great taste, nice draw, and full-bodied, satisfying smoke. But bingo! The smoke disappears about as fast as you can say, thank you for not smoking. And there's almost no smoke at the lid end. Add it all up and what do you get? An incredible new cigarette with super taste and nearly 90% less secondhand smoke. It's right on the back. I don't know, I think maybe I was 9, maybe 10 when I had my first cigarette. I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I know for a fact the brand of the first cigarette that I had. Hey, you just lit that. Sometimes they taste good, sometimes they don't, you know. Try a Viceroy. Don't settle for some of the taste, some of the time. Viceroy gives you all the taste, all the time. 
I know this because Viceroy was my papa's brand. And they had this cool filter tip with a V-shape on the inset. And all the other cigarettes just had a regular plain old butt. And I'd steal one or two and my cousins would slip off and light up pretending just to be the height of sophistication in class. This made very little sense because everyone we knew smoked and none of them were the height of sophistication in class. In fact, they and we were nothing more... Bunch of rednecks. But back in the 70s, everybody smoked. You could smoke everywhere. I mean, people think they know this because they see old movies of people smoking on planes and shit. Ladies and gentlemen, Captain Al Thompson has been on the smoking sign, and you are free to smoke at this time. Please refrain from smoking in the aisle, the lavatories, and the non-smoking areas of this cabin. But until you've watched a woman in a house coat with curlers in her hair, leaning over the meat counter at Pickly Wiggly, sorting chops with a Virginia Slim 120 and six inches of ash jittering on the end, you cannot really understand how normal smoking was. Most kids had at least puffed a cigarette by the time they turned 12 or 13, and by and large, found them completely disgusting. I know, because my papa's viceroys taste like burnt asshole hair. That's what you're going with? Yeah. Now, some of you are probably asking yourself, but wait a minute, this asshole smokes now. How did that happen? Well, that's simple. I think smoking makes you look cool. It totally did and does. I know that, I know I said this before, but smoking totally saved my social life as a teenager. I got a leather jacket, a pack of Marlboros, and went from a D&D playing doofus to a cool adjacent guy who hung out with cool people without getting beat up. Once people knew that I was also a small-time weed dealer... Dave, I know you are, and that's why I love you. I got invited to all the good parties, and all because I started smoking. Now, as they tend to do, times change, and smoking went from something everyone just did to something pretty much everyone still does, at least from time to time, and lies about doing. I live in New York City with some of the highest cigarette taxes in the country, and officially, the rate of people who still smoke is 15%. That sounds like a load of bullshit to me. Oh, it does me too, because there are an awfully lot of people standing around me at the old smoke pole outside my office whenever I go out there. And I know they aren't just like stress smokers because their ass is right there with me when it's 10 degrees out and snow is blowing sideways up our skirts. This isn't even bringing up the sheer number of dick bags that hit me up for a smoke outside a bar because they quit smoking. Yeah, right, motherfucker. You quit buying cigarettes. You're still smoking like a Trump-branded fucking coal plant. But still, the culture changed, and being a smoker makes one a bit of a... Monster! You monster! And smoking rates have gone down as we as a society decided that it no longer makes one cool to smoke. I mean, in a movie, you can kill like 60 people in the most gruesome and disgusting way imaginable, and that's cool. But you light up a fucking cigarette, and all of a sudden... You're a sick motherfucker. I guess it saved some lives, and honestly, I'm cool with not being able to smoke in bars. It's the chance to step outside and get away from the assholes inside, and it's refreshing outside, and clearly, all the people that I want to be hanging outside are outside smoking. This was the way of things for about 20 years or so until the holy fucking grail of tobacco companies was finally discovered. In 2003, the electronic cigarette was invented in China, and since then, the use of e-cigarettes, also called vaping, has grown exponentially around the world. E-cigarettes are electronic devices that vaporize a flavored liquid. They all used to look like cigarettes, but now they come in many shapes and sizes. Many look like pens or small boxes called mods. 
Now, this is not 100% accurate because R.J. Reynolds came out with the premier cigarette in 1988, and it didn't go well. From Wikipedia, quote, it worked by heating and aerosolizing tobacco, tobacco flavor and was intended to reduce or eliminate unhealthy side effects associated with smoking, both to the smoker and the people around the smoker. According to F. Ross Johnson, who was the head of R.J. Reynolds at the time, it tasted like shit and smelled like a fart. He further stated that we spent $350 million and ended up with a turd with a tip. Thanks, I think I'll pass. Now, by the 1990s, tobacco companies were getting desperate for trying to find some way to get around the cultural shift of smoking indoors because it was cutting into their profits. R.J. Reynolds went to market first with their Eclipse in the late 90s, and Philip Morris was hotter on their tails with the Accord. But neither of them really took off as they never even came close to the experience of an actual cigarette. Also, one tended to suck down glass shards from the filter device, and why we all will eventually be wind up coughing blood because of our smoking habit, it probably shouldn't happen after every cigarette. This is not the way to get healthy! The problem with tobacco companies was that they were looking for a way to make burning leaves and sucking the smoke into your lungs healthy and less annoying to people, to people who find burning leaves disgusting. Philistines. What the folks in China figured out is that the reason people burn those leaves in the first place is because the nicotine contained inside those leaves is fucking amazing. And burning them was not the only way to get them into your lungs. So you take a solution of nicotine and salt water, and probably with some, like, I don't know, other carcinogenic shit as well, you heat it into a vapor and suck that vapor down into the lungs without the resulting byproduct of stink and condescending assholes running up to you waving their hands in front of their face and fake coughing. The worst kind of non-smoker is the one where you're smoking and they just walk up to you. I always say, shit, you're lucky you don't smoke. And thus, vaping was born. According to the U.S. Customs Service, the first recorded shipment of vapes arrived in the United States in 2006. Before that, however, the Internet was rife with rumors that e-cigarettes were coming and they were going to free all of us burning leaf people from our shackles and allow us to take our beloved nicotine in a safe and socially conscientious fashion. But why? I don't know. I guess some people gave a shit. According to the website directvapor.com, oh yes, that is indeed a real website, quote, it wasn't until after 2010 that vaping became more of a mainstream ordeal. The change from simple e-cigarettes to more complex vape mods was born out of a shared interest in creating more efficient and more powerful devices. Homebrew builders sought to amplify the power of their vaporizers and showed off their enhanced devices, unquote. That was when you started seeing all these massive silver smoke schlongs on the lips of fedora-coiffed assholes around the nation, exhaling massive clouds of candy-scented shit like someone had blown up a fucking Yankee Candle Company. It was also about that time that every strip mall in America began hosting a vape shop. If you've never been to a vape store, imagine a place that has all the pretense of an indie book or an indie record store. Can I have it then? No, no, you can't. Why not? Well, it's sentimental, tacky crap. That's why not. Do we look like the kind of store that sells I just called to say I love you? Go to the mall. But with so, so much less to be pretentious about. Dude, you were selling Fruit Loop-flavored juice for people to suck on. Not a lost pressing of the Beatles in Liverpool, okay? 
Three or four years later, vaping was started to filter into the mainstream. It was, in fact, being touted as the great hope to save addicts like me from themselves. Pathetic. All of you, completely pathetic. There were just respectable news outlets all writing articles about how e-cigarette and vapes could finally get smokers to give up dangerous and stupid things they were doing with just some nicotine and saline in a tube. Actual doctors were showing up in respectable places like this Guardian piece saying, So this is not about non-smokers taking up e-cigarettes at all. And in fact, the data suggests that it's very, very unusual for people who have not smoked to take up e-cigarettes, in part because it's not very addictive, it's not very, it's not a fun thing to to do. Um, but this is far more about smokers and how we help smokers to reduce the harm from smoking, from moving to a product which is very toxic to something which is significantly less harmful as part of their journey to quit and to Oh, to be sure, they caveated their statements with a lot of it's too early to tell, but it has to be better to smoking. And goddamn, were they wrong about fucking non-smokers wanting to do it. Now, I have to admit, once upon a time, I, too, thought that maybe, just maybe, I could replace the pleasure and good feelings I get from lighting a cigarette with a cold hunk of plastic and a synthetic puff of nicotine-laden vapor. How'd that work out for you? Not fucking great. Look, if you don't smoke, well, good for fucking you. But if you do smoke, or you used to smoke, you know what I'm about to say is true. When you take a pack of cigarettes in your hand and you tap one out and place it between your lips, it weighs nothing. It's like it's barely even there. Then you fumble around for your lighter. And really, if at all possible, it should be a Zippo because lighting a cigarette with a Zippo is the ultimate luxury in smoking. I mean, the distinctive click of opening one sounds like nothing else in the world. Then you light the cigarette and you get that little hit of naphtha on the first drag and feel the rush of nicotine through your veins, the hiss and crackle of tobacco burning, the sting in your nose. God damn, you just feel fucking fantastic. Now, compare this with a heavy-ass cylinder of plastic that compared to a cigarette weighs a ton that hangs from your mouth like a dog turd. And you suck on it and you get this weak little zing of something that's almost, but not in quite, entirely unlike puffing on a cigarette. And it also tastes almost, but not quite entirely unlike puffing on a cigarette. Hitting on a vape is like dry humping. Satisfying only if you've never done the real thing. And then, and then, pod friends, things took a turn. <laughs> In 2015, a couple of tech bros out of Stanford did what tech bros out of Stanford do and disrupted the vaping market with a little invention they called the Jewel. So the Jewel's been on the market since about 2015, but it feels like it really started gaining its popularity around late 2017. Now the Jewel is one of the first mainstream devices to really utilize salt nicotine. Now if you're unsure what salt nicotine is, click the card that's going to pop up right around here and we fully explain it in another video. But in short, it's essentially a very smooth yet satisfying form of nicotine. Oh my god, I wish you could see the guy doing that clip. He's uh, he's something alright. Jewel basically took the douchebag out of vaping and made a device that looks like it plugs into a computer, which it actually does because it charges by the USB. I have a Jewel, and honestly, they're the least terrible vape out there, and the experience of using one is 
the closest to smoking and all the way a non-smoker might think smoking is pleasurable. And Juul, for their part, has maintained from day one that the product was intended to get smokers off the burning leaves and onto their product to save lives. But I find that hard to believe. Well, of course you do. They're Stanford fucking tech bros. And your doubt is well placed because it took about six seconds for Juul to be discovered by the teens, thus starting the latest social panic in America. It's a new craze that's raising concerns about what students are doing behind their teachers' backs. It's called Juuling, after the popular new device, the Juul. The Juul looks just like a thumb drive. You can actually plug it into a computer to charge it. And when you puff it, you get a shot of nicotine just like a cigarette. Now, students across America are using them in the classroom. Check out this video we found on YouTube. This girl hides her face in her sweatshirt. This college student appears in a YouTube video headlined, How to Hide and Use Your Jewel in School. If you hold it in, nothing's going to come out. All of the sudden, we're fucking inundated with hyperbolic news stories about kids jeweling and getting addicted to nicotine. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. You know, I lived through this already. I do not need to hear it all again. Listen, kids don't smoke because a camel in sunglasses tells them to. They smoke for the same reasons adults do, because it relieves anxiety and depression. Around the time I took up smoking, the smoking wars were raging, and while the cigarette companies were sure as fuck marking out to us kids to get us to smoke, they weren't doing anything different than Coke and Pepsi were doing, and time has shown that that shit is just as bad for us as smoking, but without any of the benefits of keeping us from snapping and shooting up a fucking school. Honestly, I don't think it's an accident the school shooting spiked around the same time we were forbidden to sneak off campus at lunch for a smoke. I'm not saying that all school shooters would have been better off if they could cop a smoke behind the bleachers, but if you save just one life... <sighs> and nowadays... Kids are way more stressed than I was. I mean, the worst that I was gonna that was gonna happen to me was I was gonna catch a three day at home for smoking on campus. The worst was the worst that's gonna happen to them is some dipshit white boy upset that his prom date won't accept his Instagram DM is gonna walk in with an AR fifty to kill a couple of dozen kids. Leave these fucking kids alone and let them hit the vape. Chances are they'll all be dead from climate-related disaster or climate-related wars before cancer and heart disease can get to them. Shit, we ought to be handing out lucky strikes in the fucking lunchroom. Smoke them if you got them. Now, the jeweling panic was good, but it wasn't really taking off in the way that local news and the tabloids needed to gin up a good old-fashioned moral panic. After all, you can only stretch long-term health effects so far until you get some, you know, evidence and there isn't a trend that jeweling leads to something truly disgusting like i don't know actually smoking absolutely the most vile disgusting thing i have ever fucking seen okay. so everyone was desperately seeking something anything to blow out of proportion and turn it into a full-blown shitstorm of poorly sourced stories lacking any basis of reality or scientific facts fortunately for the worst elements of our mass media this is America! And something finally came along that fit the fucking bill perfectly. Nora, good evening. That's right. The death toll linked to vaping is climbing tonight. Health officials in Kansas today reporting one new death directly tied to vaping. That brings to six the total number of deaths across the United States. Oh, pod friends, if you've ever wanted to watch a moral panic develop before your very eyes, you are in fucking luck because this is one. It's perfect. A perfect example of a moral panic. It begins with teens. You always need teens to get a good moral panic starting. It involves a social taboo, particularly 
a kind of newly developed social taboo like smoking, then latches on some isolated incidents of extreme rarity to prove that there's a panic. And goddamn, you know, sociologists must be creaming their fucking genes right now. A genuine moral hysteria spreading in real time. I ain't even a sociologist, and I am. I was too young during the satanic panic and stranger danger, but now I get to one what's, what's developed right before me. Okay, okay, okay. I understand some of you saying, okay, okay, people are dying. Well, let's begin with a little something that I like to call... To the facts of the case, and they are undisputed. Six people, six people have died from an unknown respiratory illness, possibly and only possibly related to their use of a marijuana vape product. For some context, in the time it took me to read that sentence, six people died in America. Look it up. It's true. There are others who are ill and they are assumed to be related, but the only confirmed cases of shared illnesses and deaths are clustered in three states in the Midwest. News reports that some 450 other people, still a statistically insignificant number of people, are hospitalized with similar symptoms across the country, fail to take into account that the symptoms are extremely common and none of the cases are connected to the cases known to share connections with those in the upper Midwest. This could change, but as of the moment, they do not. Shit. Tens of thousands of people die each year of a respiratory disease, and many of them are young people with previously undiagnosed medical conditions because their fucking family cannot afford fucking health care. So we're supposed to take six deaths as and a couple of dozen illnesses as proof that vaping is causing people to die? This is utter nonsense. We have no facts. The CDC and the NHS are still working on the cases, but what we do know is that Americans love a good moral panic and they're just looking for the next one to jump on to. The other thing we know is that despicable people are going to jump on the panic and use it to their own fucking benefit. Joining us, we're going to begin with a promise by the president to crack down on underage vaping. There's been a surge in e-cigarette use by teens and a risk in illnesses linked to it. So today, the president said that the FDA is developing guidelines to ban those flavored e-cigarettes. I mean, this fucker has actively blocked even discussing gun legislation, even its most elemental Republican watered-down form, and guns kill 30,000-plus people a fucking year. Six people are dead from discount vape juice for weed vapes, and now we're gonna do something? Suck my balls, you daft shit. This is nothing more than another in a long line of hysteria started by shitty media and panicked old fuckers who want to find some reason to be terrified of young people. Some reason to preach that young people <laughs> tell them that what they're doing is wrong. And this is the best kind of moral panic because it allows panicking shit for brains to claim that they were doing it. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? The same way Tipper fucking Gore started the PMRC back in the 80s to keep sex, drugs, and the devil out of rock and roll. Fuck you, Tip. You don't, you think we didn't know they were in there? That's why we liked it, and that's what scared the shit out of you and the other olds. You think kids today don't fucking know that vaping is probably bad for them? Of course they fucking do. That's why they're doing it. This is why all teens do shit. Because for a few fucking years in your life, you can do dangerous shit with little consequences. Sure, we should keep them from probably getting shit-faced and dry home, that's fine, but on the other shit, come on, let the kids do what they're gonna do. After all, it's not like it's gonna matter because we fucked the planet up for them. And when the chickens of that all come home to roost, the kids that survive the vape jupes panic of 2019 will refer to the six people that fucking died as the goddamn lucky ones when the food riots start. <laughs> that is it for our show this week. 
I don't know. Sometimes these stories just fall in your lap. I mean, I had another script almost done for a talk radio one about Rush Limbaugh, and I kind of fucking hated it. But then the orange toad came out shrilling about vaping, and I had a whole new topic. That's how this dumb show works. I think I'm going to do the one thing that I don't want to do, then I all of a sudden, I don't have to do it anymore because Trump did something new. Yay! Don't worry. We'll keep that Rush script in the hopper for an emergency, or it'll just show up on Patreon. Oh, speaking of Patreon... Our website, what the hell were you thinking? Uh, po- the what the hell podcast.com has gone through a major redesign and update. It's actually kind of good now. Along with that, we've revamped our Patreon, and now we want you to actually give us some fucking money. In return, we'll give you content you can't hear anywhere else in this live feed. Don't worry, it'll still be the kind, kind same kind of awful shit you hear here, only different. Also, when I get drunk. I like to mix up a lot of stuff that never makes it into the pod feed, so we've got some kind of backup. What I'm saying is join our Patreon Pod Pals Club and give the show a couple of bucks. You won't miss them, and we could use them for liquor and sex workers. Speaking of whoring ourselves out, follow us on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast and see my debase myself with the approval of people more famous than I am. Speaking of debasing, rate and review this show wherever you get your pods. It will let people know how low you will stoop to shill for a podcast, and maybe they will too. So for me, Dave Marlboro Man Bledsoe, producer... Gavin and all the rest of the fictional Lucky Strike smokers on the show, we want to say, you know, we because are you know all, all about, about that vape. About that vape. About that vape. No trouble. We'll see you all next week. Inside all the cool places, vape news magazine under my coffee pot, caffeine and nicotine. My blood's about to clot, my face be dazzled, dazzled. They came online, every flavor, yeah, I got them from vanilla to sweat sock. Yeah, my mama, she told me you're not allowed to smoke inside. Yeah, vape it, vape it, yeah, vape it. So I gotta vape stuff, my middle finger in her eye. Yeah, vape it, vape it, yeah, vape it. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.